0: Hello, hello, and welcome to the No Opinion Agency of None podcast. Um, this is episode zero, and this is uh, to explain a little bit about what the podcast is and what and who we are. Um, for 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 from that point of view, I'm Lyle Bruce,
1: and I'm Ryan McLeod.
0: and let's get into episode zero. Um, before that, we do that. We're going to introduce you to our random
1: introduction jingle creator.
0: Button. It's so a, so like a very complicated way of explaining a button that makes a random noise each day that we use as our introduction to the podcast. Um, yeah, let's let's
1: let's
0: go. So <laughs> we've been looking at uh, how we understand design and uh what it means to us and we thought it'd be a really interesting topic for a podcast that we plan to record over the next 12 months uh various different locations with different people and uh exploring what uh design is exploring sort of more of a critical sort of discussion around design and hopefully we'll you know hopefully we'll get some some contrary opinions and we'll get some good discussion and and uh find things out um you know, some of the episodes will take a take the epi- uh, take the format of a sort of roundtable discussion. Uh, some of them may be more one-on-one. Um, it'll really just depend on who's available, how we find people, and what the general setup is for for each of these. They're not going to come out regularly. It's going to be a kind of when we get them recorded. Um, so we we have uh, we have to uh, a rough plan to do this in in the twelve months and, and uh, get a, get a conclusion uh, put together.
1: Yeah, so I suppose this is the sort of the start of the, the platform to talk about um what design actually is, what it what it means to us, what it means to other people, what it's not, what it should be, what it could be. Um and yeah, start to facilitate that discussion and bring in loads of interesting people, get them around the table, stick a mic in front of them and hear what they've got to say. Um and hopefully that the, the conversation won't just exist. Um, where we're recording, but it'll start to expand beyond that, and we'll start to chat to people about it and get their opinions and, and feed all that into this. Um, yeah, over the next sort of twelve months as we as we set up various recordings.
0: So Ryan runs another podcast series called Creative Chit Chat, and um, it's a, a more sort of exploration of individuals and their paths to how they get to where they get to, um, and you can kind of go to that and find out a lot more about other designers uh, in in our city or around our city but um, um, particularly Ryan and myself have both got episodes on there but uh, to begin with I think it'd be a good way to to introduce ourselves to give a quick um, rundown of how you got to where you are now.
1: Yeah, sure. Um, I think one other last thing to say on that is that what we're going to try and do is get outside of, of Dundee with this podcast as well and pull some interesting people from across Scotland, maybe across the UK, maybe even further potentially, um, to try and get all those, those thoughts and opinions together. Um, which, yeah, whereas the other podcast is pretty Dundee-centric. Um, but yeah, so I suppose my, my journey... Um, I graduated from DJCAD. I I can't remember what year, but
0: it was about, I don't know, eight years ago or something like that, roughly. Something like that, I don't know. It was the year that the degree show was in the vision building. That is correct. The year that was. Yeah. (laughs) it's not important? (laughs) (laughs) It was a while ago. Um, So yeah, I
1: I, I did an undergrad and then I did a master's here in Dundee and then decided I wanted to go and work um, in industry and specifically at an agency. So I went down to Glasgow, worked there for about three years, then I decided I wanted to take a year away and went to Canada, did a bit of snowboarding, did a bit of freelancing, and then came back to the same agency, which made me realize and sort of take stock and think uh, agency life just wasn't for me anymore. Um, it felt very big, felt very corporate, felt very slow moving, um, and I needed a change. And that change was moving back to Dundee and um, becoming a freelancer. Um, and at that point, i I wasn't sure whether it was possible, but I was of encouraged by people already doing that in Dundee, and uh, that led me to sort of base myself from Fleet Collective, which um, was a, a co-working space, sadly, um, no longer, um, but it's where me and you met.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, my, my path was slightly, I had slightly less education involved and slightly more um, trial and error. Um, but for um, yeah, I, I, some, some reason I never quite made it to, to art school or other uh, forms of education. I did go briefly to college um, and, and from there I met somebody. We set up a, a small uh, design studio uh, which got bought by um, uh, an agency in Glasgow and from there I went freelance and um, kind of been on that path more or less ever since, um, setting up Fleet Collective in the process, which is where we met. Um, and now we've both kind of shunned our freelance paths to go back to running a sort of more formed studio approach to life. And it's, and it's probably an interesting sort of starting point to this whole thing in that we've, um, we've kind of experienced the agency models. We've kind of experienced the freelance model. We've experienced the co-working space. And uh, we've chosen to set up a studio. Um, why? <laughs> Good question. <laughs>
1: I think um I mean in a way we're taking the best parts of of both worlds to create something something new something that that doesn't I mean it's not necessarily a, a worldwide it's not a new thing it's not a new model but um particularly in in Dundee it, it doesn't seem to exist anywhere else it doesn't really. exist currently
0: currently yeah, yeah it, it or, or in the in the sense that i think we're we're kind of doing it it's mm. it's there have been studios in the past that have been here that have disappeared or for different reasons you know um um you know been merged or you know i think a lot of the the creative uh, approach has 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 disappeared and been replaced more by by a, a commercial driven approach um and and I, I think perhaps that's kind of where we're kind of trying to rekindle that sort of creative first approach to, to design studios and um, drawing on what we have um, learned over many years working in different ways um, and also pulling on the people we have met and, and our, our sort of uh, knowledge of different fields of design um, to, to work on different projects and to take design in a slightly not just well, I mean, people. I don't know how, how you've always found it, but people always assume to me that you know I'm one type of design. You know, so it's like right, okay. If I do if I do branding for somebody, if I do identity stuff, then they just assume I'm a, a graphic designer, logo design, branding design. You know, then if I do a, a sort of interior style thing for somebody else, they might think I do more interior based stuff. Or if I do web design, they think I'm a web designer. It's it's like people always want to put you in little boxes, and I think as a freelancer, that's really tricky. I think the idea of having a studio is that we can kind of make that that box, if it is a box, um, a very big one with lots of different things in it. Yeah, I think people like boxes. (laughs) People
1: like putting you in boxes. People like thinking outside of them, even if it's the most horrible cliche (laughs) imaginable. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean, I I think um, that people's... It's very difficult to gauge people's understanding of what design is
0: well, I mean, that's, a, that's probably a good place to, to start is like, what, what do people, what do we understand that people understand <laughs> of design? You know, how, how do we see it from when you're working with clients and how would we, you know, we both work, I think we work with, well, through the studio, through our own freelance lives, we've worked with smaller clients, we've worked with bigger clients and there's there are different approaches to how people understand what design is, I think, from depending on who it is you're working with. Is that fair enough?
1: mm mm-hmm. yeah definitely um i think if you if you're to introduce yourself as a designer, which is how i tend to to try and do that um if anyone asks what I do, then the inevitable next question is uh the well, what do you design or are you a web designer or are you a graphic designer? people try and they try narrow you down they're trying yeah, to figure exactly. out who you are and, and they they try how to you are <laughs> yeah they try to um match you up to a concept they already understand um so they understand the concept of a fashion designer or a, a, a graphic designer or a web designer because they know what they do but pr- the term designer is too broad for most people to to appreciate that or they want to drill down to exactly what it what it is that so you what, produce what
0: do you say when people ask that how do you, how do you go about sort of explaining that
1: um it, it kind of depends who you're talking to um but I, now i would describe myself as um yeah a visual designer so doing uh visual work uh digital work and physical uh creating physical products um, so it's a sort of, it's a combination of all of those different skills, uh, but I kind of, I don't know, I, I see myself as a, applying the the skills and the tool set that I have as a designer to any sort of problem or discipline to create a, or to come up with a, a creative solution to that, um, no matter sort of what the, what the project could be and often the most interesting stuff that we, we work on is is things that that we haven't necessarily done before, or slightly a, a twist or a different take on on what we've done before.
0: So it's that, for you, it's kind of self development as well. It's kind of like looking at this sort of design knowledge that you've got and the skills you've got in the areas that you trained in, and how you apply that in different ways, in different you know, learning different things, mm-hmm. sort of keeping developing your own uh, craft, as it were. I mean, you know, uh, how you how you take knowledge and and, and add and add more value to probably clients and other things
1: yeah and I think it's it's really important in the way that you put yourself across um, especially um, online and to to how people understand what you do and who you are because if people see one specific type of design in your portfolio if they see a 100 websites that you've done then they will come to you to get a website. Um, if they see lots of different projects and pieces and materials and outputs and and whatever else that then they will will come to you to solve problems that's my that's my hope anyway well, the,
0: way, the way I've always seen sort of online stuff is that you always end up you always aim at where you want to be with what you show rather than just showing everything that you do currently because you know you might you might be as you say doing 10 15 web designs uh, for different sites and if you put them all online everyone will just assume you know you're you're kind of then... Caught in that in that trap, um, and and hard it's hard hard to uh, hard to change. Um, uh, so yeah, I I've always taken the approach of aiming aiming at where I want to be with what I show and being selective over that. But but it's um, I I still I actually I mean I find like I find like online presence is um, kind of quite um, kind of hard hard to hard to really keep maintained and. Um, for yourself, you know it's a you know it, it it it's 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 a hard one to keep doing and keep getting right. Um, am I underselling ourselves?
1: No, I think it's it's your web presence. Um, generally, I think if you look at a lot of studios or agencies, um, or even to some extent freelancers, like the the portfolio they put out is is generally very outdated mm. um, because it's the last thing to get updated it takes a lot of work a lot of effort
0: but it's building that content you know it's like having that time to build that content and you mm. see that with projects you know you might get a brief in for a project like a, a website and you think okay this is fine we can design this and it can be built but it's like how, how are you actually going to manage this content you know going forward how are you going to put, put, put it in there and you, you, you see that with them um, uh, you know organizations and institutions and other things where they get really shiny polished new sites and nobody really has has thought through how they how they keep that running like that. It's just like this is this is what we need to have to be whatever we are. So let's get on and get it built. Um, and, and yeah, it's I I, I kind of sometimes think you know people do people really need websites? You know, do they really need all that information that they seem to think they want to put out there to the public?
1: So um, yeah, we're probably veering off on a wild tangent so um yeah let's try and bring it back to um why we decided to to start a studio so that's been-
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, i mean it, it i think because we've been working together for so much on different projects and and different things it, it, it kind of felt like um a kind of natural progression for us to do i can kind of remember i think probably to begin with it was it was you know, 90% of a joke, um, just say, hey, we should just set up a studio um, because we're doing all this stuff. And I think your response was, yeah, why not? And then I was like, actually, why not? And then start thinking about it and think, well, look, you know, we're in this position in Dundee, in our city where we are, where there really isn't a design studio. And, you know, there's a lot of people doing lots of interesting things around the city, lots of different um, um, individuals, freelancers, self, you know generally because of lack of space for, for small studios. Um, so we've kind of worked that way. It seems like the easiest way to, to do things. There's been a history of, of design studios in Dundee. It's not, you know, maybe not, uh, there, there aren't any really creative ones I would could think of at the moment. Um, but having a studio allows you to kind of uh, put a focus on, on on that more than yourself as an individual and actually start to build something. I think that sounds like quite an exciting way to do things. So, you know, it was it actually the more you think about it, it was actually more more of a, a straightforward thing to, to look at doing. You know, we, we have a city, it's got it's got a, a reputation now for 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 design, mostly built through through video games and, and other other areas and through education. Um and it's got a lot of talented people here. Why don't we why don't we kind of create something that, that, that pulls those people in in in, in in a direction that we can kind of create a a more interesting output and and put that under the the studio uh, identity.
1: Yeah, because I mean, when we were at Fleet Collective, um, we were both working as freelancers under our own names. Um, And then, yeah, we didn't, although we were doing a lot of projects together, we didn't have that sort of common identity or common goals, even though we had the same outlook and the, the same way of working on projects essentially mm. um so then yeah it came to the point where we decided it was more than just a a flippant comment it had to be, we had to actually make it happen
0: i mean for me like i I'd, I'd come from I'd, I'd set a studio up my first thing i did when i left you know my my, my sort of college course that i'd started was uh, to set up a studio inside so i'd kind of been through that process before and maybe felt a bit burnt by it a little bit you know it wasn't it, it, the one the studio the way we you know, created it before was was very much um growth of of people and we went really quickly from two of us in a back room doing having fun making things and and finding new clients and doing interesting projects to being uh i think it was about i think in a year and a half we'd moved to a big studio anyway we had a big space we had living uh, living staff um working there and suddenly i'd gone from being like doing creative stuff to being more managerial and i think i was only like 23 or something at the time and it was just it just felt it felt ridiculous that that um that had gone that quickly to that stage and i felt like I, I, I thought there must be a better way of doing this and um you know yeah it wasn't the most fun experience i had and when when the, when the studio was actually bought by one of our clients who was stu- uh, an agency down in, in, in Glasgow, um, it, it, to me it felt like a good exit opportunity and time to get on and, and do something new. So kind of coming back to that, sort of all these years later, um, I kind of got different ideas in my head of how, how you go about building a studio, and I think I think we kind of shared similar thoughts on that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I
1: having come from a... When I said initially when I went to that agency in Glasgow, it was maybe about... 70-80 people and then after sort of three maybe four years it had grown to easily over a hundred um, and there's a lot of a lot of complexities that come with that Um there's a lot more formality there's a lot more um, infrastructure that needs to be in place in terms of personnel and in terms of login hours and all the non-fun stuff that gets in the way of actually doing great creative work, but it's a necessity when you have a, a company of that sort of size.
0: I think also having a company that size, it kind of, it, it 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 benefits you having a just a, a fairly, you know, a fairly box ticking sort of company um, agenda, essentially, for what it is that you, you're doing. I mean, so it, it it's it's harder to be, a big company or a big agency like that, and be really creative, because and and take on and try new things and go in different directions, because you have a responsibility to those staff uh, to to keep them in in a, in, in wages, um, and you know that that requires you um, uh, limiting your risk, you know, and limiting how you go about running your your your, your studio. So you you know if if you're it's better to be. Um, it's better to, to categorize yourself in an area of design and specialize in that, um, than it is to kind of be more general. And that's where the fun disappears, and and where you know the corporate world takes over, and you start to feel like you're not really adding anything. You're just you're just constantly going through a cycle of regurgitation, essentially, of ideas and and things. Um, I think
1: yeah, as you scale up, you have more. There's more mouths to feed, mm-hmm. um, and you have to inevitably do less creative work whether that's banner ads or email campaigns or things like that which are a necessity for as part of a, a larger project that aren't necessarily the most creative or the most exciting things to do but they generate a lot of income they're profitable work mm. um but not the most fulfilling and the creative aspect of it um and that's just the way it is and i mean everyone has to do those parts of, of of their job that they don't particularly enjoy and sometimes you just got to do things to pay the bills um but it's kind of like it's having that that balance and that ability to to move quickly um which again if once you you grow to a certain size that that becomes more and more difficult
0: Mm -hmm. yeah and i think you know sometimes that like you're, you're doing it often for the benefit of the staff to keep them employed keep growing your company keep bringing in new people but actually sometimes it's the staff that will get frustrated first and be like, actually, I want to go and do something more creative, and then leave um, and 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 do that. Um, I mean, that's kind of what you 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 did in your path.
1: You yeah, know? well, I mean, it's it was actually when I was in the agency towards the end was when I first started doing side projects because I mm-hmm. needed that creative fulfillment, mm-hmm. um, which I wasn't getting from my day to day. But when I got together with another couple of guys and made something fun and put it out into the world, I got that that buzz. And then as it made me think, well. How can I work like that more often? Um, how can I create a, a path that allows me to do that?
0: And often those side projects grow arms and legs, you know, become become you know real uh, um, revenue streams for lack of a lack of a more uh, uh, or less harsh term for it. But you know, you start off with something fun that ends up making money, or you know, maybe you do something fun that doesn't, and you just it's easy just to 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 write it off.
1: But yeah, I mean, it is, I mean, side projects can they don't necessarily have a direct monetary return but they can often be great at generating interest or being the sort of emotional thing or a way to learn a new skill or tool or or whatever it might well be, they're a great release Um, and I think they're often undervalued or people don't necessarily know how to harness the the value that's within them Um, and getting away from the the sort of day-to-day work to, to sort of immerse yourself in something completely different.
0: So I mean, to kind of you know think about that a little bit. That's I mean we've we've kind of created a the idea behind what we're doing is creating a small a small design studio that's essentially just me and you, um as as directors running it, um and then working keeping it small, keeping it creative, and working with interesting freelance designers and other folk around the country wherever we 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 uh, know them wherever they uh, choose to base themselves. Um, on on projects um, and they might be digital projects they might be physical projects they might be print based screen based whatever you want it, it's 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 more about the the creative process of, of 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 finding solutions to these sort of project problems that we're interested in and that that's a critical thinking that we kind of, you know, I think it's fundamental or that's, that's kind of, for me talking about design, that's kind of the fundamental thing that I think design is, is is mostly critical thinking. And it's like, it's being able to have an idea and then be able to critique it and, and uh, adjust it and critique it again and try and get it better and better each time until you've got the final good solution to what it is that you're trying to do. And that's, that's the sort of process I kind of seem to draw back to most times so you know, if we're talking in a bigger scale about what design is, um, I think like for me, it's that, that that sort of use of critical sort of discussion, critical thought around around a problem. And
1: the the way that we we chose to set this up and the, the structure that we have, um, and the way that we want to work, um, is sort of what informed the name of the the studio. Yeah, I mean, it, we we're talking about what we what we would call the new studio um and we were sort of saying that well we actually we don't really have a fixed personnel other than than us to it, it's more it's more about you bring in the projects and, and work on the the sort of the strategy the thinking the the, the design aspects or well, some of the design the creative aspects of it but bringing in other brilliant people that we know um from the networks that we have and from the other freelancers and contractors that are out there um to create project teams to to create brilliant things, and there that that idea that there is no fixed personnel, there it's, it's an agency of none, and that was sort of how it was phrased, and then we both sort of sat back and went,
0: that's it. And the funny thing is, you 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 came from your your, your company called Slurp with with two p's, and I came from uh, Super Double D with two o's, and. Um, both names that nobody could get quite right on the first spelling attempt when you were trying to do it down the telephone. And we thought, right, well, we've got a name now that we really quite like. Um, It works. We register it, get everything done, Um, you know, move into the studio, uh, phone up the electricity company to get the the electricity sorted out. Um, And uh, the guy at the other end of the phone says, so what's your company called? And I said, agency of none. And he's like, is that N U N? (laughs) <laughs> it's 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 like you, you can never win. Um, yeah. But uh, it, it, it's uh, you know I think I don't have to spell out um, spell out the the name phonetically anymore, um, which probably helps. The, the thing is we're we're kind of talking about broadly termed things, but we should also I think I think we should also be referencing what we where we are within Dundee and where we are in our city and in Scotland and, and and maybe how how design perceived. Where, where we are from our geographical standpoint, um, because it's a kind of, um, probably puts an interesting perspective on it from from us. We're not in a big city. We're not in Glasgow and in Edinburgh. We're kind of located, you know, in the northeast of Scotland. Um,
1: and the I mean the the creative community here is very close knit. Um, it's not on the same sort of scale as as Edinburgh or Glasgow. Um, but it has a great there's a great drive and a great feel about it that. Um. Everyone's moving forward, and there is a momentum behind it at the moment.
0: But I think as well, like one of the, I think because, yeah, we got that, and I, have been, I've probably, I'm probably just, I'm probably, I'm probably guilty of not, not, you know, I've not left Dundee, right? I've not really, I've kind of based here, I kind of moved here, I've, I've sort of set up businesses here, and I've not left. You've left. You've gone off to Canada. You've done. You've been to Glasgow and other places, and and my. I've, I've, i guess what i to say is I've, i set up loads of different businesses and and my understanding of how other people understand what design is um in in a, in a in a small city scale has 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 been a kind of it's been a really eye-opening thing and it's like how how do you how do you keep trying to communicate what that is and especially in a city where it's changing um it, it, it's using it now uses design very broadly to kind of it's, it's part of its marketing strategy it's mm. part of its its um, um, development strategy for, for, for the city um, and this is th- this is something I find like fascinating I think it's like how do you how does a city go from being you know it really didn't have any concept of what design was you know 2001 era um, it was really hard to explain to people what that was Um mm-hmm. if it wasn't just like graphic design um, and now we're in a state where we're living. You know, we're setting up a studio in a city, which is the UNESCO City of Design, which has got a design museum on its waterfront. That's a way to open, and it has got. It's got people um, you know, people using it left, right, and center as a term. And I'm always like, is but, this a good thing or a bad thing? But do they truly understand what it is? That's what I mean. You know, do do. And that's kind of probably part of the thought behind doing this podcast. It's like, right, well, how do um. Yeah, do people know what that is i mean yeah do is it just a term that's used because my my big worry with design as a term as a word is it gets used quite commonly to um to sell you know as a sales tool as a as a means to selling so it's like you know you're trying to sell a car you know so it's like so it's like designed in germany or you know it's a sort of a sort of this is a this is a status thing um you you're talking it through the the con the through the prism of fashion, um, and it's like high-end design. You know, design is, is a word that's used to to symbolise uh, um, expense, you know, and and glamour. And I'm always worried that that word is hijacked into these sort of areas, and it's not actually what it's there for. And you know, I think it's something it's something that I think we all have to be kind of careful of, especially especially us running a design studio is that we are not seen you know like like you know design is democratic i think it's kind of it's a it's a thing that touches everybody it's it's something that you know your your things that you use in your kitchen should be well designed in order to do their job properly or your um the signs that you kind of pass on the roads as you're driving your car or cycling or whatever should be designed to be able to aid you to get around the road system should be designed to allow Vehicles and cars, uh, bikes, trains, all sorts of other things. All the transport should be well-designed so that we can all get around easily. It's not always the case. Um, and I kind of worry that design gets lost in this sort of idea of being more luxury and something that can be disposed of um, if you can't afford it, um, rather than something that you we should all have a right to.
1: Yeah, and I feel it's like... Um... Design is a as a process, and that that can potentially be embedded into anything to to try and improve it. Um, whether that is at a at a city level, at a I'm going to decorate my living room level. I mean, there's so many different areas and and facets to it, like the ways that it can be applied. Um, but there are fundamental principles that lie behind that that relate to to all aspects of it, and and some of it may seem just like common sense, and I think sometimes uh, uh, designers potentially f- forget that that having done it for for years, the things you think about the, the putting two colours next to each other, using typefaces in a certain way that that just becomes ubiquitous. It just becomes the way that you then assume everyone knows those things. Mm. But, they, but they, they don't necessarily, they don't always take them into account when they are doing anything. Um, but as a designer, you sort of, you live your life by those principles that you learn and apply every single day. I, I think on the, on the, the, the sort of, the, the point you made about it being democratic, mm. um, that it should be completely accessible to everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, they, I mean, anyone can learn basic design principles and start to apply them where the the real good quality design comes is is where there's real creativity and real great ideas applied in brilliant ways but the the, the fundamentals and the basics of design um, anyone can pick up and start to use but it's not necessarily as accessible as it should be. Because um, I mean, we tie it up in institutions like universities or um, colleges, um, or we put things in fancy museums. <laughs> uh,
0: the that, that two things are quite applicable. Um, <laughs> but you know, they like I think maybe the idea that you have to have a qualification to be a designer is kind of a a, a curious one because well, you've got one and I don't. Um, but does that mean? That either of us are any any better or less than the other, you know. It's like, is it something you need to? We're not we're not talking about medicine here, or you know, surgery, or or even architecture, which in itself is always a curious one to me, because to me, architecture is like one of the 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 strongest forms of design. Um, but it's a it's one that sits itself separate often to the idea of design. You know, you often talk about design and architecture. Or you know, uh, and it's like, but to me, architecture is the most top-level form of design. It is the one you need a qualification for. It's it. It's like you can't just go out there building buildings, uh, having read about it on the internet. <laughs> um, you know, it it's it's you're going to get yourself in into all sorts of trouble.
1: Yeah, and then I suppose there's the, the there's a, a counter argument to say that although we want it to be an open um, accessible thing, um, do we then sacrifice quality by doing that? So that you don't have a recognised qualification um, that you could have. Maybe that's why we don't we have sub designed items or created items like bad signage or um, poorly designed street layouts or things like that. Is that because
0: What's unqualified people doing them? Well, the, well yeah. Well, no, no.
1: I don't know if "unqualified" is the right word, but people who don't have a design, you know, a design background, having thought that through in a specific way, or
0: well, I think that's, that's 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 part of the Maybe it is part of the same discussion in the sense that, like, well, you, you will have people will make design decisions daily about things, but they won't necessarily think about them as being a design decision. Like, they'll just be like, right, we need to have, um, we need to have a sign here to stop people. Um, Letting their dogs poo uh, wherever they want them to. Um, so you know, let's just like I mean, I'm pulling on this from a real world example. By the way, it's like it's there's a there's a series of a series of uh, um, signs around around Dundee which are kind of just to try and prevent sort of people not picking up their dog poo. And they're um, for some reason these signs are giant, like absolutely huge. And I I see them. Every day, like they're, they're pretty, I mean, I walk my dog and I see signs for these and I pick up my dog poo and most people I know pick up their dog poo. <laughs> I can't believe we're talking about dog poo, but you know, it, 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 you started it, it. it's a, yeah, it's to service a point, you know, but these signs are massive and they're also slightly comical. You know, they've got like a dog sort of, uh, well, there's different ones, but one of them's got a dog trying to sweep the dog poo into like a little bin and I look at them and I think, what are these for? Well, other than pick up your dog poo, but who are they talking to? Because they're huge. Are they talking to people? Are they are they assuming that people are just going, I'll just leave the dog poo sitting there. I'll have a look around. Nobody's seeing me. Oh, there's a giant sign. Ah, the sign. I better pick it up. You know, is that is that how they see that process working? Or um, you know, are they thinking that um people are 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 um Uh, um, forgetting that they have to pick up their dog poo. So they have to kind of remind them that they have to pick up their dog poo. Um, Because to me, as somebody that walks a dog who picks up dog poo, when I see people not picking up their dog poo, it's generally because they aren't paying attention to what their dog's doing. Their dog's off the lead, it's running around, they're on their phone, the dog's having a poo somewhere in the corner, and they didn't even notice. So it doesn't matter if they have giant signs or not. Um, it's 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 that uh, it's, it's it's making people realise. Really, you should just be pushing a message to their phone, going, <laughs> paying attention to your dog. <laughs> um, but that's maybe a little bit too complicated. But it, you know, it's it's these kind of you know somebody somewhere that's made a that's made a decision about that. That's been you know it's a it's a design decision, um, but it's probably not been made by a designer. Yeah, and it's it's not. It's a really long way around, Dennis. Yeah, and you it, can uh, edit uh, that uh, to make it better, can you? <laughs>
1: i'll try <laughs> <laughs> The but yeah i mean i think it's not looking at that fundamental underlying problem properly it's like what what is the issue here it's the issue isn't that the signs aren't big enough and that's so if we make the signs bigger that will make more people pick up the dog poo um i don't think that that's not the fundamental issue the issue is that that people aren't paying attention to their dogs that people Maybe don't have bags with them, or forgotten a bag, or it maybe. I mean, I don't really know without having. I mean, what I would do to go and solve that problem would do some research, right? So you'd go and you'd go into the park, you'd speak to people, you'd see people leave the dog poo, then go and speak to them, and then so it's doing that and trying to understand that that problem by going through a design process. Um, and it's sort of like the more the more appreciation we can build for that design process in everything and start to get that sort of design thinking element to it or even the way that you solve problems to fundamentally change or to have an appreciation of a design process um, the better um, and whether that's on a small level or on a big scale like on a city scale or a national scale or whatever that is the better it will make it in my opinion
0: anyway I'm just thinking we should do a whole episode about, dog, about poo. dog poo. yeah um I'm just thinking you know there's lots of lots of visual references we could go out there and get have you ever left dog poo sitting?
1: Oh, that's a big question yeah I
0: it? mean you 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 know it's it's a finable offense so be careful how you answer that
1: yes I have and, uh, on one occasion and, and
0: why did you do that
1: I didn't have a bag I've forgotten a bag we were on a walk um and it was in a wooded area.
0: Uh, See, there, there that. There, like, like, I, I'm always confused about when you leave, when you, when like, if you're in the middle of the countryside, do you just leave it?
1: <laughs> I, I wouldn't unless I'd forgotten a bag, which I now I have one of those little. So, that, to solve that problem of not having a bag. I have dog bags attached to the lead.
0: I've always wondered why you had that. And it's, it's a good thing. But yeah. It's, it's, yeah. I mean, I, like the other one, and, and, and this is the, the one that frustrates me more is not the people who obviously leave their dog poo sitting on the ground and uh, it's a leave the dog poo on the ground because they don't have a bag. It's the people who bag it and leave it sitting on the ground.
1: Or on a tree or yeah. on a fence or in a hedge. or Yeah, I, don't, I just don't get it.
0: I'm trying to figure out what the logic of the thought is of that. Is it like, oh, I better bag that up oh, there's not a bin nearby, I'll just put it in the ground here because, you know, the guy who empties the bins will probably see it and come and pick it up. Or is it that they leave it there to pick it up later and then they forget about it? Or And there's a hedge near where I live where people do hang it on the hedge and they gather more and more throughout the week. People hang them up there and then, then somebody obviously clears them all because they go and I'm like, who does that? And is this a thing that I don't know about? That maybe we're just meant to hang them on hedges? <laughs> I I think this is a good topic of conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I think each episode we should just explore a different problem. Say, yeah, I mean
1: we potentially just go off on a random tangent about one.
0: Yeah, a thing that we've seen. I think this is quite good, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I, d-
1: I, d- I don't know if we could be the judge of that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> But I mean, I imagine there's a lot of people out there going. I've been thinking now about dog poo as well. It's like, why do they have to do that? So
1: yeah, tweeters, our agency of none. You- <laughs> have you
0: have, have you experienced dog poo in strange places? Yeah,
1: does dog poo affect you? <laughs>
0: um, but yeah, I'm I'm sure this isn't a topic just specific to Dundee, there. I mean, I think, think this probably has has broad broad range.
1: I think I've talked about this before, but I think you're only as good as what you're perception is of good if that makes sense Um, or maybe another way to phrase it would be if if your understanding of world class is truly a representation of what is world class in that field then you will try to strive to that standard but if what you feel is world class isn't isn't brilliant, isn't great, or has a lot of flaws, then mm. you'll potentially be satisfied with something that could be made a, a hell of a lot better.
0: Yeah. Well, th- th- this is why people should always experience things um, outside of their comfort zone, outside of what they know. So, you know, if, if that's just as simple as leaving the town that you live in or the city that you live in and going and experiencing how somebody does it in another place, that's really valuable to, to, to do because that'll change your perception of what the top quality level is of what you can produce um is that that's kind of what you're saying
1: yeah I think, I think one of the the key things is to, to always strive to be better and to to look at the I mean the great examples that are out there the brilliant the the, the people who are doing whatever you're trying to create look at what is world class in that in that field and try to strive to to meet that mm. um or to take the learnings from that or or to to, to take some understanding from that. Um, which I mean, I, I mean, it's easier and easier to do that with the internet these days. Like you you don't necessarily have to leave. I mean, it's great to go and explore and to, to see places firsthand, but you don't necessarily need to. There's so much great inspiration and and stuff online that we you can do that from from a desk.
0: You can, and and that that also has its own problem, I think, because you you kind of see um you kind of see a kind of. Uh, a converging of, of thinking, of ideas, based around what you see on the internet. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's, it's really kind of quite, for me, it's clear with illustration stuff, you know, like illustration styles, modern illustration styles and that, and, and people just kind of looking through Dribbles and Behance sort of uh, sites and saying, I like that style of work. And then they just kind of work in that style. And I think it's it's becoming harder to define who individual illustrators are now, based on their style, it's it's like there's there's a lot of it's a lot more murky, and I think the internet has 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 done that uh, for 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 illustration, and I think it's probably done it for graphics as well, for for, for other areas like color palettes and things. People are just like, "Oh, no, that one works really nicely on that image. I'll just nick that color palette and uh, use it for my project." And I see that from work that we put up online, you know, like projects that are on Behance. Um, like we did stuff for the Dundee Design Festival a couple of years ago, and it, it got a lot of traction on Behance, and it had um, uh, Behance, by the way, for 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 anyone not in the on the know. We should have a little pop up explanations of technical jargon, um, but Behance is a platform that's run by Adobe, um, and they 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 have a you know it's a sort of uh, it's a way of putting your portfolio in a really easily to easy to search place, and. It gets added, like the, the Dundee Design Festival stuff gets added to people's um, uh, lists of design that they're kind of cu- curating themselves in their profile. And often they're curating them for projects that they're working on. And you go and you check out where your projects ended up. And, you know, the color palette for for, for that one, for example, was white, uh, sort of yellow, and a sort of dark blue. It was kind of factory factory color palettes sort and of stuff. And um, you go into there, and they're basically have a have a whole archive of those colors every piece of project every, every bit of work in there you know, you can tell they're just surfing for color palettes um and, and yeah or or you know maybe the graphic elements in it are very angular in this and you go in all the graphic work that's in it all very angular you know they're just trying to find the same sort of styles so they can develop something from and i'm not sure if that's a healthy process um i mean we like to have references and mood boards. we've always done that but i think it's almost become too easy to just sort of go and pull together a load of range of work and then create something in a similar style to that. So do you? But do you feel that the, the things like Behance as a
1: platform, they they do more good than they do, so they they
0: are helping more than they're hindering. Yeah, they probably are. I mean, I, I mean, I wouldn't we wouldn't have like so many thousands of views of project work that we've done if it didn't exist you know it's great for for getting exposure through um you know whether it leads directly to other projects and other work is maybe debatable but it certainly gets you it gets you sort of seen
1: um and it gives you vast access to millions of of projects happening around mm -hmm. the world um to learn from to gain inspiration from so
0: it also makes you feel very small it's like it's like that moment in london when you go down onto the tube in a really busy rush hour moment. And you suddenly realize how many people there are in the city the that the, they're all trying to get from A to B. And that's just a, a small percentage of them in one station. You know, and you think oh, you know suddenly you start to realize well, maybe you know, this is just me, but you start to sort of think, you know, how how, how small you actually are in in the grand scheme of things. Um and, and you know maybe platforms like Behance and other things have done done that for design it's like you know hey i'm not the only person doing this There's like millions of people out there um and they've all got ideas and some of those ideas are quite similar and um yeah it's 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 kind of humbling if that makes sense like maybe it makes you it's, it's it's not good for the ego
1: <laughs> so we should probably try and wrap things up for the very first episode of the podcast.
0: So what have you learned from this episode, Ryan?
1: <laughs> yeah, I think one thing I need to learn is successful projects that have dealt with the issue of dog poo.
0: I think there's a whole uh, there's a whole show notes section just on this, um, or maybe a sub-episode based on... Uh, Potentially. Based um, on,
1: yeah. Or maybe like anyone who's listening who knows of successful projects or have heard of anything yeah, drop us a tweet um, at agency of None. And um, we'll start a little discussion about it, It'd good.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that's probably a really key thing to say is that we are kind of expressing our opinions on things a little bit. Um, they're not necessarily right. <laughs> they're our opinions. And we're kind of interested in seeing what people, uh, how people respond to those and what, what sort of things we can, they can feed into the discussion. And it might also steer how we do future episodes as well and, and, and explore different bits i think
1: that that's the whole point in having a theme over the first year of the podcast of what is design is that we are reserving the right to change our thoughts and opinions over that year that nothing is is closed off or set in stone it's it's more like we want to challenge ourselves and our sort of preconceptions of of what we feel design is or what we feel design should be um and develop them
0: over the year Good. Well, that's a knock at the door, so we should probably end. (laughs) (laughs) Goodbye. Bye.